Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 182 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covering in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all earn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please do me that favor, subscribe in your favor, and then leave a positive review if you like the show. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles that you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were the Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil and Me, Goat Simulator 3, Somerville, Pentiment, and Call of Duty Warzone 2.0. The games coming out this week include Saint Kotar, Gungrave Gore, Prison Architect, Future Tech Pack, Evil West, Super Rebellion, Dead Station, Jelly Brawl, Finding the Soul Orb, Cleopatra, Fortune S Tribute, and Run Sausage Run. Some new games for Xbox Game Pass are available now and or coming soon. You can now play on cloud console on PC, Pentiment, and Somerville. On PC through Game Preview, you can play Dune, Spice Wars, and Ghost Lore. Available on cloud console and PC, Lapin, and on cloud and console, Norco. Available November 22nd is Gungrave Gore on cloud console and PC. Available on November 29th is Insurgency Stannis Storm on cloud and console, and Soccer Story on cloud console and PC. And available on November 30th is Warhammer 40,000 Darktide. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Phil Spencer says Xbox shelved game streaming box because it costs too much. Matt Wales at Eurogamer writes, Xbox boss Phil Spencer has revealed Microsoft's decision to, quote, pivot away, end quote, from its previously announced Game Pass streaming box earlier this year was due to pricing concerns, with the company unable to get the device within its desired 99 to 129 price bracket. Speaking the latest episode of the Verge's Decoder podcast, as spotted by VGC, Spencer explained, quote, the console we built that now people have seen was more expensive than we wanted it to be when we actually built it out with our hardware that we had inside, end quote. Microsoft never formally revealed this version of its streaming box, codenamed Keystone, a standalone device utilizing a familiar Xbox user interface, according to Spencer, but it did set tongs wagging when a prototype showed up in a photo of the Xbox boss's office last month. Quote, a bunch of us took this version home and it worked really, really well, end quote, Spencer added. Quote, but when you are building new products, it's always about do you have the right design, do you have the right user interface, do you have the right customer proposition, and the customer proposition includes the price. I think all of us knew that we were a little out of position on price, end quote, that he said was down to, quote, some of the silicon choices that we were making at the time we were designing, end quote, as well as Spencer's desire to include a controller. As for the price Microsoft had been aiming for, while Spencer, quote, didn't want to announce pricing specifically, end quote, he did say, quote, I think you've got to be 129 99 like something in there for that to make sense, end quote. He elaborated further elsewhere in the podcast, explaining, quote, when you've got a Series S at 299 I think in order for a streaming-only box to make sense, the price delta of S has to be pretty significant, end quote. This is good to hear. Trying to make smarter business decisions, clearly this box was somewhere in the $150 to $200 range, and comparing that to an Xbox Series S, which on Black Friday, for example, you can get for $250, just doesn't seem to make much sense and would be a hard sell. Something for me at $99 or $129 that I can also use to stream devices like I use my Fire Stick? I've got my eye on this. Number two, Xbox's improved Discord experience is rolling out to everyone. Mitchell Clark at The Verge writes, Microsoft announced it's starting to roll out the Xbox November update, which adds the ability to connect to Discord voice channels straight from your console, a new Captures app, and several other improvements. 
Before, if you wanted to join voice channel on your Xbox, you'd have to use your phone or computer to transfer the call. With the update, you'll be able to join them straight from the Discord section of the Parties and Chats menu. While Microsoft let insiders test this feature starting last month, there was still a limitation that you'd have to use your phone to join a direct one-on-one -on -one voice call. Microsoft also says the update includes a new Captures app that improves the experience of viewing, editing, and managing your screen recordings, which also let you copy those captures onto an external drive. The company also says that the Series S and X will now capture 720p and 1080p recordings in slightly better quality with a higher bitrate, so things don't get as pixelated during heated moments. In the same game sharing vein, the update also lets you start Twitch, Lightstream, and Streamlabs live streams from the Xbox itself. This is a really big news story and I wanted to highlight it as we have been talking about this integration but now it is seamless and this is huge as we get more and more into crossplay games, play with your friends across PC and console, and really anywhere to be able to talk to them since Discord is everywhere. Number 3. The Witcher 3 confirms release date for free Xbox Series X and S update. Heidi Nicholas at True Achievements writes, Winds Howling, the free Xbox Series X and S update for The Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt arrives on December 14th as confirmed by CD Projekt Red. Quote, the next-gen update for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is coming on December 14th, free for everyone who already owns the game, end quote, CD Projekt Red says, promising, quote, more details and gameplay reveal next week, end quote, on its Twitch channel. We can at least head back into The Witcher 3 and witness it all in the series XNS glory with ray tracing support and faster load times, as well as content inspired by Netflix's The Witcher series. I had to highlight this, as this was one of the biggest RPGs of all time. It's something that didn't pull me in just because that setting isn't too ideal for me. I really want to try Cyberpunk, and at this rate, it might be my December game. Number 4. Dead Island 2 delayed again, this time to April 2023. Ryan Dinsdale at IGN writes, Deep Silver has once again delayed Dead Island 2, and this game will now be released on April 28th next year. Announced on the Dead Island Twitter, the delay from February 3rd at least only marks a 12-week delay compared to the several years it's been since Dead Island 2's initial release window of Spring 2015. No specific reason for the delay was given, so it appears developer Dan Buster Studios simply needed more time, though it says it understands the irony in delaying Dead Island 2 again. Quote, the irony of delaying Dead Island 2 is not lost on us and we are as disappointed as you undoubtedly are, unquote. It said in a joint statement with publisher Deep Silver. Quote, the delay is just 12 short weeks and the development is on the final straight now. We're going to take the time we need to make sure we can launch a game we're proud to launch. For those of you who have been waiting for years, thank you for hanging in there with us, unquote. I think I'm going to change my mindset on this game. It's going to come out in what should be an incredible year for video games. Dead Island 1 wasn't very good, but I feel like this one might be a sneaky seller. Let's see if the game actually comes out in April because they delayed a game that's still very far away. Number 5. Saints Row Reboot Developer Becomes Part of Borderlands Maker Gearbox Tom Phillips at Eurogamer writes, Saints Row Developer Volition will become part of Borderlands Maker Gearbox Embracer announced today. The announcement by Embracer, the parent company of both studios, comes on the same day Volition finally released the Bright Future update for its beleaguered Saints Row reboot, which belated fixes several hundred bugs present since the game's launch back in August. For those fans who enjoyed Saints Row, Volition's move places the future of that franchise in doubt. A press release from Volition today stated that Bright Future patch was just the start of support for Saints Row in 2022 and beyond, without going into specifics. Back in October, the developer said it was committed to supporting Saints Row in the long term, but would have preferred to be talking about roadmaps and expansions for the games instead of being forced to prioritize bug fixes. It is unclear how the news that Volition will now become part of Gearbox affects pre-existing content plans. In a financial update issued last night, Embracer said that, quote, the reception of Saints Row did not meet the full expectations and left the fan base partially polarized, end quote. 
even if, quote, financially Saints Row has performed in line with management expectations, end quote. Addressing its decision to move the Saints Row developer to become part of Gearbox, Embracer said the latter, quote, has all the tools, including an experienced management team in the U.S. to create future success at Volition, end quote. There is no mention made of any plans to grow Saints Row as a franchise going forward. Saints Row back on the 360 was awesome. It was the first big true competitor to Grand Theft Auto and had some really interesting details that separated it. However, this reboot, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, seems to be a great example of a game that has come and gone with just too much bad press about not enough style, the humor not being great, and the endless bugs that needed to be fixed. What a shame, Volition. You might be baking Borderlands games for the rest of your careers. And number six, Samsung's 2021 smart TVs are getting Xbox Cloud Gaming and GeoForce Now apps. Tom Warren at The Verge writes, Samsung is expanding access on its older smart TVs to Xbox Cloud Gaming, NVIDIA's GeoForce Now, and other game streaming services. Starting next week and rolling out through the end of the year, apps for Xbox Cloud Gaming, Amazon Luna, GeoForce Now, and Utomic will be available on select 2021 Samsung smart TVs. Samsung originally launched a gaming TV hub for its 2022 smart TVs and monitors earlier this year, and included access to Xbox Cloud Gaming, Stadia, and GeoForce Now. Quote, when Samsung Gaming Hub rolled out earlier this year on 2022 TV models, the number one question we received was when is its cloud gaming coming to my 2021 TV? Today we're happy to share with our eager fans that they'll be able to play the games they love before the end of the year, end quote, says Mike Lucero, head of product for gaming at Samsung Electronics. Microsoft says that it's also adding controller rumble to the Xbox app on both 2021 and 2022 Samsung TVs. Quotes owners of 2021 and 2022 Samsung Smart TVs like to feel a more immersive cloud gaming experience with rumble on controllers, end quote says Ashley McKissick, CVP of Gaming Experiences and Platforms at Microsoft. Go pick up your favorite Bluetooth-enabled controller, such as the Xbox Wireless Controller, PlayStation DualSense, and start playing, end quote. If you have one of these TVs, go check out the models that are fully supported from 2021. I highly recommend checking out Xbox Cloud Gaming for yourself. Believe it when you see it, if you're in a good network and area that supports it. It's been really enjoyable for me, not on my TV, but on my phone via the Blackbone controller, playing games while watching football every Sunday. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this week was a celebration from Microsoft about the 20 years of Xbox Live. Where has the time gone? Can you believe that Xbox Live first went well live 20 years ago? Credit to Victoria Kennedy at Eurogamer. Yes, it's really been that long. On November 15th, 2002, Xbox Live, now known at least officially as the Xbox Network, arrived in our lives, adding online capability to the original Xbox. Their service popularity saw a steady increase after the launch of Halo 2, and needless to say, Microsoft has not looked back since. By January 2021, Microsoft reported there were more than 100 million Xbox Network subscribers, with this figure including those signed up through the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription tier. Now, in honor of that milestone, those that have been with Xbox Live for the past two decades will be presented with a new shiny badge acknowledging their commitment to the service, a digital one. Please don't expect Phil Spencer to turn up your doorstep with an enamel pin for your jacket, although I won't say no to this. The badge, like others, will show up on your Xbox Live profile and has, as you would expect, the number 20 in the middle of a shiny logo. What incredible memories of this somehow working on my OG Xbox. I'm pretty upset because I don't know exactly when, but I know it was part of Halo 2. Which means I probably got Xbox Live on, in 2004, as Halo 2 launched a few days before my birthday. Now, I was one of those kids, obviously, that clowned out some of my friends, maybe that's the truth, maybe it wasn't, and thought I'd handle myself pretty well online, and got smacked immediately. Just such amazing memories of the technology that I could not understand but really enjoyed, 
playing with randoms as we went through missions and Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, Battlefront 2, just absolutely amazing memories. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. And if you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I did not have as much time to game as I would have liked, but I continued my journey in God of War Ragnarok, which is very, very good, enjoying it very much. And also, I've been jumping into Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 with my friends. It's got me back. I love it. I hate it. I want to play more. I don't want to play more. I feel like I'm wasting my time, but when you get that sweet dub, which I still haven't gotten yet, a couple third place finishes, it's oh so rewarding. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.